selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Norfolk. I'm Shifra from the Norfolk Folklore Society. And I'm Stacia from Weird Norfolk. And uh, so you've noticed that our intro has changed. <laughs> that was and really there's awkward. been a little bit of a gap between recordings. Yeah. Um, so we did record an episode. How do I, I don't know how to start this. Like, it's really complicated. So but much also has really happened easy. and yet so little. <laughs> So I no longer work at the Eastern Daily Press and Norwich Evening News. I have moved on. Um, we recorded an episode in our in my last week of working for Archon, but I think you could probably tell that I was in a bit of a grump. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to re-record that episode. Yeah. And um, that's why we've had a bit of a break, yeah. basically, because I, I wasn't in a great place for yeah. recording podcasts. But, but now we're back. We are back and excited yes. and have lots of interesting projects. We do. Absolutely. We've got a, uh, an incredible Weird Norfolk project which is going to launch around ha- Halloween, yep. haven't we? Yeah. Um, and Shifra's new project. Just tell us a little bit about that. So I've kind of got two new projects. Mm-hmm. So my first one is I set up the Norfolk Folklore Society, mm-hmm. which I can't... Well, I've been thinking about doing it for quite a long time, but I felt it was a bit of a conflict of interest. It just didn't yeah. feel like feel right, and I was kind of always hoping someone else would do it, so yeah. I didn't have to. <laughs> but no so one the, did. The effort, yeah. <laughs> no one did. So I am going to be working with Arboretum on St Benedict Street. Amazing. Um, and we're going to host monthly talks. Um, although it's called the Folklore Society, like the Norfolk Folklore Society, um. It's going to be all different 14 topics. Yeah. I just, I just... Give us an idea what kind of thing. So um, the first talk is going to be with Val Thomas. She's just lovely. So she's going to, I don't know what she's going to be talking about, but she is going to be talking about something witchy. Yeah. 
Um, then we've got someone from Gresson Hall talking about Norwich, um, the Gresson Hall Apple Day, Fantastic. which will be really interesting. Um, then we've got, I've got in line people to talk about paranormal investigations. Um, I'm hoping, even though obviously I'm not keen on UFOs, as everyone knows, <laughs> other people are. So I re- would really like someone to come to yeah. talk about UFOs. Tony might come. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Victorian graveyard symbolism. Fantastic. So someone's coming to talk to us about that. Oh, another person from the Pagan Moot, Chris Wood, is going to be talking about our connections um, with John D and all that kind of stuff. So exciting! So, so yeah. and, your, and what's your other project? So the other project is. I say that like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like you, like no, a proper like journalist. I told you. So tell me about your <laughs> other project that I know everything about. So I am starting work with Shook which is Shook Zine, which mm-hmm. is um, a local zine, and it's just brilliant. Like, I, I absolutely love, love Shook it. Zine. Yeah. It's, it was, re- again, something that I was approached about when they first started, but working for the EDP, it was definitely a conflict of interest. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I had to turn it down, but when they found out that I was no longer working, they approached me again, and so... It's like, I, I do love Shook, and it's kind of like a... It's a it's a small zine, isn't it? And it's packed with kind of things like stories about. I think the first one was about Shuck, wasn't it? It's yeah, himself. So, yeah, the Shuck uh, our was favorite. The dark. Yeah, and that was yeah, Shuck, the actual creature, was like kind of the main focus of that one. Yeah. Um, and the most recent one is the Deep, which is just. <laughs> what kind of things are in it? So there's um there's all the spells um talking about um Haysbrough torso that's the cover image which was a bit like when we looked at that cover for a cover I was a bit like is this a bit gory but a bit gory. everybody loves it I tell so. you what he is he is terrifying isn't he well yeah. we've spoken about him before and and my my time at a traffic light where I thought that he was coming for me. Uh, but yeah, and I, I have seen it. I have, indeed, I have bought it. Yeah. So it is incredible. Um, so that's really exciting. But you're still coming back for for the podcast. And of yeah. course, Weird Norfolk is still in the EDP. I'm still loyally plugging away. Um, and I've got kind of a list of, of stuff coming up. We've got an incredible investigation coming up um, on Exchange Street absolutely terrifying oh. um see this is exciting though because i'm not doing it for i paper send them anymore, to you before and it's like I? I don't know what it's gonna be and i hope Steve, i never see it in the paper i'm awful i never buy the paper <laughs> but i always use the joint byline that we had before oh. so hopefully it is still yeah. going in but um yeah i've got um a chap came to our facebook group mm-hmm. and gave us an incredible story about um, a ghost or a, a happening, a dark mm. entity um, on Exchange Street. And when I looked into it, I asked um, if anybody else had had anything on. And there's about three or four on oh, Exchange wow. Street, same area. Um, so I've kind of gone into it. I've deep dived, no, deep dived into it. So that's coming out. So we've got some great stuff. And obviously, you know, Schaefer is my number one, is my uh, is my dark sidekick. So um, is always involved in everything that yeah. we do. And it's quite, I think... Um... We'll still use the topics that you've picked yeah. for the podcast, yeah. but it'll be just really, in a way, it's kind of more interesting because yeah. I won't have had any pre, 
Like, or you will have already done all your research for yeah. the features. So then you do your so own. So then I'll read your story yeah. and then I'll go off and, yeah. like, do my own. Whereas and, in, it used to be, like, a more of a combined... Yeah, and kind of everything we do is always interlinked, isn't it? I kind of think at the very beginning when Shuckzine started, I remember they asked us, didn't they, yeah. for a couple of bits of information. Yeah. And we helped them out. And so, you know, it is all... All of us uh, dark creatures of the night in Norfolk do... <laughs> tend to congregate together yeah. as we hang upside down in our barn yeah. um, in the daytime, don't we? <laughs> so I suppose we'd better get to yes. business, yes, yes, yes. Um, which is the the delightful tale of the Corpus D corpse that rose to greet his sister. Do you know, every time I think of Corpus D, it's a bit like pouring land when they add a little bit to the sign and make it boring land. This is, I have a picture of me standing next to this sign when it was Corbusty. So whenever I think of Corpus, yeah, I think of Corpus. I, I was telling someone at my new job about this. Um, this case. This case. I, I've started to let them know that I'm weird and they're very accepting, it's fine. <laughs> and um, but the person that I spoke to, they said, surely there's some kind of pun around corpse. Yeah, corpse. Pusty and Cor- pus, yeah. man. Oh, Jesus. Cor- Which kind of does go work with it the story, does work with it? the story, yeah. So, so this is a tale, so I'll read you the first bit, which is, at the strike of midnight, the grave digger prized open the lid of the coffin that contained the recently buried body of a man whose sister stood before him. Desperate for one last glance at her brother, whose funeral she'd been forced to miss, as earth was brushed away and the lid moved to one side, She was once again face to face with the man she'd grown up with and she realised in a second that one must always be careful what one wishes for. (laughs) So, yeah, so tell us a bit more about this. Yeah, so it was recorded in um, Enid Porter's book um, from 1974. Hashtag legend. Yeah, the the folklore of East Anglia. Um, And she was told the story by the cousin of the deceased in the tale. So... I don't know if it, I'm. Ass- I I just assume everyone knows who Enid Porter is. Is mm. was, um, but because she's like such a legend. Yeah. In in folklore circles. Yeah. Um, but just in case anyone doesn't know who Enid Porter is, mm-hmm. um, she first check yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> you should. Um, she did like uh, just an amazing job of preserving the folklore and customs of of East Anglia. So so not just Norfolk. It was Cambridgeshire. I think Essex maybe yeah. as well, Suffolk, Norfolk, yeah, you know, all all over the place. Um, she was the curator at the Cambridge and County Folk Museum, mm. which is now the Museum of Cambridge, which we really need to oh, go yeah, to really because do. they've got like a mandrake there yeah. and stuff. I know. So, I, you know, check. when I was looking at this, I remembered that and thought, why have we not yeah. been? I yeah, don't definitely. know why we haven't been. But it's just, it's a fail. Yeah. Isn't it? It's not even that far away. There's a whole list of places I've worked out that we should go yeah. that are really close as well. That yeah. is a fail that we have not been yeah. to. But anyway, we'll. Uh, to be fair, COVID has been an issue recently. Has been, a, I believe so. Uh, so <laughs> it's only really now that we can yeah. start making these sorts of plans. Yeah. Anyway, so she was the um, a curator there from 1947 to 1976, which was a good long time. She yeah. obviously loved it there. Newer stuff. Um, and while she was there, she really kind of. So she wasn't just kind of instrumental at recording folklore she also really wanted to change that kind of perception well it was more than just a perception museums were very elitist yeah it was only a certain type of person that went there and she was really instrumental in kind of changing that so that they were more for the people yeah which i thought i think is just just wonderful yeah um so 
Yeah, she passed away in 1984, um, and the notebooks where she collected um, the folklore that she'd found, they're actually in the museum now. Mm. So there's um, a project called the Enid Porter Project, which sounds like a band's name or something. <laughs> um, and you can view some extracts from her notebooks. I think there? I think some of her work was published posthumously, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it must have been. As I recall. Because yeah. I think she was in the middle of another book when she passed away. So yeah. so she she wrote about this. Um a macabre tale was told in the last nineteenth century of a man who died in Corpusty in Norfolk. His sister, unable to attend his funeral, bribed the gravedigger to open the grave at midnight so she could see her brother once more. When the coffin lid was raised the dead man's body grew very large, floated up like a ghost, groaned hoarsely, and collapsed. Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I suppose, and I don't like to let fact um, piss on the chips of wonder. But um, <laughs> You did a swear. I did a swear, but not a bad one. I mean, I would I let a child I'll say that, that one. one okay. If you're really upset fine. if you're really upset by that word, I really apologise. I just couldn't think peed on the chips. Anyway. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound as good. Um I'm sure that you too have gone into the delightful research of what happens when a body uh yeah. My search history is looking quite questionable right now. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> so I mean, to be fair, like when I read it. I think when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like a ghost story, and then when I obviously read through the rest of your thing, I was like, it's not, it's not really a ghost story because I feel like, well, firstly they said like a ghost, yeah, so it, I don't think they thought it was a ghost, but I was like, is this even possible? Like, how would someone's like body rise, rise. up? <gasps> so obviously, yes, I did start looking into what happens when your tell body... us what you found. So. Of it, so it the body groaned, and I think it's fairly common knowledge to people like us mm. <laughs> that bodies after after you die they can make groaning noises. Mm. And I and in your story you pointed out especially if kind of medical. It, yeah, apparently, if if you have CPR, mm-hmm. this this groaning can go on for quite some time because it's mm. the air. Really, can you imagine? It's the air being released. Um, so that's unlikely to have happened in this case, I mm. guess. Um, but still, those gases in the body yeah. would—they need to go somewhere. Yeah. So I was a bit drawn to bloating. Yes. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> so bloating is the second stage of decomposition, yeah, um, and I think it kind of it can start happening three to five days after um, death and. So basically what happened, this is really gross, people. So if you're eating, probably don't stop eat right eating. Now. We've got loads of snacks in front of I us. Know. This may be the way to stop us eating them. <laughs> Carry on. It won't be, will it? So Fine. this is, uh, I'm just reading a little bit that I got from a website because this is a bit sciencey for me. Okay, ready? ready. Stage two, bloating. <laughs> As bacteria multiply and process blo- bodily materials, they produce gases such as methane, carbon dioxide nitrogen and hydrogen sulfide which bloat the body these gases build up pressure in the body and push fluids out through the natural openings including the mouth nose and anus yes (laughs) (laughs) so this kind of starts to happen three to five days after death possibly longer if the body is cold 
why I'm kind of in this questioning voice is that I'm aware that in Victorian times, well, all through history, people have held wakes. And in Victorian times, I think wakes were about four to five days long. So if the body started bloating before it went into the coffin, I don't know if we would have had this situation. Right. So I'm wondering if it was winter. Yeah, so cold. So a, a four-ish day... The, the, the trouble with this story, there's no other information. So this is, again, oh, yeah. wild speculation. Yeah. But if it was a wake that was three to four days, the body, and it was cold, the body might not have started actually bloating until it was in the coffin. Which then, which also... Well, it would have been in the coffin anyway. Would it have been in the coffin yeah, at the wake? Yeah, it would have been in the coffin. Probably. Probably in the coffin. Uh, to be able to afford to have a grave digger to disinter your relative i doubt this is somebody this is not dirt poor no um and that gives more credence to the idea that there may have been a wake because i would imagine if you were poor you were pretty much just poured into a hole and that was it mm. and you would have gone in a shroud do you think you? that would have been in victorian time because this was victoria this would have been I, I don't i don't think you would have had a coffin if you were poor um when you in victorian times okay. you'd have gone in quickly in a shroud okay because coffins are expensive aren't they this, yeah. this is definitely in a coffin this course yeah. So yeah, they can afford a coffin. a coffin. And like you said... And they can afford a proper burial. They can afford a proper burial. And they can afford to bribe someone... Yeah. ...to dig that person to do this. Up. Yeah. So we'll assume that they had a three to four day yeah. wake. Well, I'm going to assume it's winter. Mm-hmm. They put the coffin in the grave. Cover it up. Cover it up. Body starts to decompose. I guess because it's probably a bit warmer underground mm. as well. So mm. then, that's, then the bloating kicks in... The coffin, the the body starts to bloat, the gases build up, dig it up, whip the top of the coffin off, and he pops out. And I'm thinking, is the popping out? I'm thinking of the bit in Jaws here, where the the head comes out of the boat. That's the feeling I'm getting here. But it does say rises up, doesn't it? But I've got this bit here, which is saying that the body can double in size. Well, this is what I'm thinking. This was... We're basically having the same thought, I think. Is if the coffin was quite small, mm. because the body was obviously they put it straight in. If the coffin was quite small and then the body has doubled in size, is that like a bit like a, a bit like a proving loaf? Yes, yeah. And so then it you take the lid off and it kind of just Oop, yeah. bursts out. So I feel like floating might have been a bit of an over exaggeration. Yeah, and but, he would have been wearing white a yes. white kind of yeah. wouldn't he? And and I, there was also the revolting details of, as you said, you said liquids coming out, but blood containing foam leaking from the mouth and nose, eyes can protrude, tongue may be forced out mm. of mouth. I mean, you can just see it. It's so like a, it's, it is a, a, quite an extreme loss. Yeah. Like, and um, it, after a month, even worse, the body would swell until it actually bursts. Mm. And that is the kind of that's the when decomposition really kicks mm-hmm. in. So this, she dug them up, him up before that. It says a matter of days, doesn't it? So yeah. yeah. So can... I think it, this the he would have been in full bloat at this yeah. point. Awful. But you can understand where the stories of like vampires and stuff come yeah. from with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you opened a coffin and someone is looking very well, kind of fed, and then they're like almost like rising up. Yeah. But yeah. then I've not been but. I couldn't find any examples 
of this actually no. like documented no of that not sort this of, no not this like rising suppose, from the coffin yeah i mean I, I was kind of you know looking into into the whole business of of burial and how mm. and how it works and and i guess this idea is so odd that she wanted to see him one last time because it's not like she wouldn't have known what happens to her. everyone knows what happens to her body and they 100% would have known this yeah. in those times because you just would there isn't anybody that doesn't know that a dead body you know i suppose what i'm trying to get at is we have these ceremonies and we have these kind of um the way that we deal with dead bodies and whether you believe in god or whether you believe in an afterlife or not there's still a lot of ceremony and great care taken and you are returned to the elements mm-hmm. in some way you're either buried yeah. earth you're cremated fire yeah. you're buried at sea sea you know or even in some religions you're left on the mountain you know mm-hmm. to kind of air and 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 you kind of think that i i think we think that that's our part done that we respect the dead we remember them and then their job is to kind of you know keep there mm. and, and stay in their world and not and not so for somebody to actually it just seems a very weird thing that it makes even, you wonder why she wanted to go and it's it's just i mean it makes you wonder if she wanted to make sure he was dead. i was just about to say that yeah is it like that there's something else going on here yeah. and it wasn't so much as it wasn't so or, or she didn't believe he was dead for some other reason either a completely innocent reason like you know your brother's died and you think, well, he can't have, or the yeah. reason given for him dying seems so unlikely and you're kind of, right, well, you know, you couldn't take a picture, could yeah. you? You yeah. know, so to prove that he was dead, or you want to make sure he's dead because he's a wrong Well, this is like, it's frustrating that there is so little with this. Yeah. Like, I wish it, uh, Enid had recorded the cousin's name because at least then we would have had, like, a, a clue as to mm. who it is because we don't even know... Although, are the gravestones still at Corpusty? Because wasn't yeah. there a gravestone art installation? Corpusty is really interesting, isn't it? Mm. So it's kind of when you when you drive from Norwich to Holt, um, you get to Corpusty, and there's a kind of steep hill, isn't there, down into the valley, and then back up towards Edgefield. I've never been to Corpusty. You will a hundred. I have literally driven you through oh, Corpusty. Okay. You just haven't. I just noticed. didn't. We were probably talking. Just didn't look. <laughs> um, next time I drive you through, I will say, "Look, it's Corpusty." So as you go into Corpusty on the hill, there's there's. In fact, we should say which church it is, shouldn't we? Really, it is. It is. I have got that written. Is it St Peter's? It's St Peter's, and it's quite a lonely church. Yeah. It used to have a track that ran down to the village. It used to serve um, quite a large area. It it it's now redundant. In fact, the nicest thing about Corpusty Church is that it sparked the creation of the Norfolk Churches Trust, which now preserves these buildings. Mm. So it was the first one that made people oh, say, wow. right, we need to we need to preserve these churches. So there are still gravestones there. A lot of the stuff inside the grave, inside the church, and in fact, the next story I did about Corpus Dei, uh, which was pretty much the next week because I found it at the same time, is about a, um, a, a ghost carriage, which mm-hmm. maybe we'll look at another yeah. time. But... Um, yeah, it was. It's kind of like this lonely church on a hill in the middle of nowhere. The graveyard is still there, as you just pointed out. There's like an art exhibition there at the moment. Or there's, it's a lovely idea. They got mm. artists to create memorials to I'd nobody, love to do that. and then they're they're placed there. Mm. So we were going to record their say, but it's too damn it is really hot. hot. This is not the. You know, do you know? I was thinking today, it couldn't be a less 
spooky time to record. No. Although we are sitting in a room with the curtains closed. To be fair, I always have the curtains yeah. closed in this room. It is like, in fact, this room is ready for a laying out. It's lovely. It? It's lovely and cool in here. Yeah, it I is. keep one room so that yeah, so that my undead friends can pop over, and then not feel uh, unpleasantly warm. <laughs> if there was a corpse in here, it would probably not, you know, blow as fast. No, would it? no. which is good to know. Yeah, isn't it? That is reassuring to know. <laughs> reassuring to know. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a lovely church, and it has got and the graveyards are still there. So yeah. all the gravestones, so he could still be there. Well, this is yeah. It's like it'll be interesting to go and have a look, and like record those names, yeah. and see. But then I don't know how. It's not a big village, and it wasn't a big village yeah. then. So you are looking at only a handful of families. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it does sound. You can see how this kind of tale would have become far more in Corpusty. Mm. And Corpusty, of course, lest us not forget, in fact, it's my screensaver, um, there is a, they, they have a very famous bonfire parade there every year, and it's incredibly folk horror-ish. Mm. It's like they parade through and then they burn a guy. And, and I think in times gone by, it was even more folk horror and the picture I've got which I think is attached to one of the stories I wrote so have a look I've shared that one on yeah. on the Folklore Society it's a cracker Instagram. isn't it yeah. it's a cracker it's an amazing picture it just looks like loads of really terrifying people walking through yeah. Corpus Di. Yeah. Um so presumably it's that kind of village anyway you can hit, you can just feel how this tale it's interesting uh, uh, these are just kind of things that I'm thinking as we're talking it's interesting that the story hasn't become more embellished mm. Because it is a very straightforward... It says they rose from... It, he rose from the grave like a yeah. ghost. They didn't yeah. say they saw a ghost. No. There was no... There's no extra, like... No. Spooky details. It's still... Whereas with it being such a small community, you can imagine that story getting, like, really out of hand. Mm. But so it's, it's but quite I mean, maybe, that it hasn't. Maybe it did and it wasn't recorded. Yeah, maybe. You know, there is a whole load of lost folklore, isn't there, that, that we, yeah. we don't have access to. I wonder if there's anyone who's lived in Corpus Di for... You know, a really long time who has, had has this... kind of come across the story, and, just and it, it would be the kind of place in its in its position outside the village. You know, it, it, I don't, we don't find graveyards frightening, but I can feel that if you did, this one mm. might be because it's so out of the way; mm. it's surrounded by nothing. You know, and yeah. and often they're you know they're in the middle of villages, churchyards, aren't they? The you know they're not normally kind this of, one's kind of out, yeah. Out, it really is. It really set. is, but. Yeah, um, I kind of it's 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 interesting, isn't it? You kind of think, it did it? Is it a ghost? I mean, unfortunately, with this one, this is quite a lot of science. Thing, yeah, isn't I don't think this was a ghost. And to be fair, they don't say it is a no. ghost. They say it's like a ghost. Well, I also I don't know if you found this, but I was looking at another piece of quite recent research, which is you know they have those body farms. I think they've got mm-hmm. one in America. I think, well, I don't think, I know. They've got one in Australia as mm-hmm. well, because it's a different kind of climate, obviously. And they've just done a big project on um, corpses moving after death. Mm-hmm. And so a team uh, took photos of decomposing process of the body over more than 17 months and found that the remains appeared to move on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, their quote is, we think the movements relate to the process of decomposition as the body mummifies and the ligaments dry out. But these movements are actually quite quite big. We're mm-hmm. not talking a twitch. Mm. We're talking arms flinging over. Wow. So 
you can imagine if you happen to be there at that exact moment at that that exact moment and you're looking at that you know kind of or if you discover that body well i read about um bodies in like um being burned on like funeral pyres and things like that will sometimes like sit up but it's because the heat from the fire it needs to be quite a low heat Mm. but the that makes the muscle tendons contract and so then you get this like kind of sitting up motion gosh so that was one thing i was wondering if it's warm enough i don't actually think this because i don't think it'd be warm enough but if it was warm enough underground if it was summer if this was happening in summer rather than winter could it get warm enough underground to like lift and then if it's been in the graveyard in the grave and almost like maybe like pushing up against the coffin you take the coffin lid off and then it has that like a springing action oh my word maybe it's interesting it's fascinating it's it's obviously completely morbid yeah but you but... can also see again where this idea of like revenance comes from can't you yeah, yeah. if you saw something like that you're not going to stick about really no, are you no. you're not going to kind of think oh look there you go oh yeah it's just yeah and and then i looked a little bit about reverence so you know the kind of fact that you've got the fleshly ones like vampires and zombies and we just did a story about the thetford vampire and we've done one in the past. Do you remember the vampire? Was it Winston or Haysborough with a cake? He got buried with a cake? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, he got buried with it. And there was, a, there was one in, in the middle of Norwich. I feel got, like it was Winston. Yeah, I think it was Winston Poisoner. Um, mm. And there was one in Norwich City Centre who, who was buried with a brick in his jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is obviously something that's been happening. This You can see where that comes from, can't yeah. you? That whole staking the bodies because they might move. Yeah. The whole brick in the jaw because they could their heads can turn yeah. or you know, you can see it happening. Um, although whenever I think of, whenever I'm with you and I think of vampires I am just thinking of Colin <laughs> from from what we do in the shadows. I started watching it again every week because I love it so, so much. So we um we have a thing where if anyone is boring us at any point we won't be together. Uh, we in fact we definitely won't be together. And um, one of us will send the other one a picture of Colin from what we do in the shadows to denote that we are with somebody really, really boring. Our energy is being drained. <laughs> Slowly drained away. Um, and I guess that this one, if you were going to say it was anything, would be a ghost, mm. wouldn't it? It would be, you know. Yeah. But but again, it does stick with, you know, they, they come back if something's wrong. If yeah. they've either been killed or if they're, you know, avenging. So... Mm. So basically, I guess, does anyone know of any ghosts in Corpusty hmm. that aren't the other one that I've done? Yeah, so this is, I was going to say, not in a and there is also the devil in Corpusty, yes. which I think we might have the talked devil's about. Bowl? The devil's dish. Dish, that's which right. Which is um, a depression in a wood called Mossy Mere Wood. It's actually a really interesting story. We mm. might have done it. Have we done this I don't think podcast? we've done it as a podcast, no. Oh, maybe we should. Maybe have I we went... not done all the devil's various landforms? No, maybe we should do that. <laughs> not maybe we'll do an episode about the devil. He's got loads of stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, because this is a good one and I don't want to just... Throw it away. Throw it away. So all you need to know is there's the devil's dish mm. at Mossy Mere. Corbusty is, you know, it's small. Yeah. But there is some creepy stuff I feel like it's underestimated for sure. there. And um, I really quite fancy going to the Bonfire Parade this year. Yeah, is it actually on fifth of November? Or? Oh, it, the Saturday nearest. Okay. But do look up old pictures of Corpus Di Parade because um, they had it going on then. Mm. They had like those mangle, you know, those those turnip, the mangle sweet, words, yeah, 
I used to be in a club called Mangle Wears. Did you? Yeah, what me and my best friend. Like, she set it up. It was really cool. So it was the... Oh, what was it called? The, I think we were the Mangle Wears for short, but it had a really long name. <laughs> and um, she made me a little, like, membership card. But she'd set it up with her granddad. And he was, like, the sweetest guy. And he had, like, this old chicken shed that we made into, like, the, the, club the clubhouse. What did you do? We just sat in there and... I don't know. I can't even really remember. It sounds like this, then, basically. Yeah, basically yeah, like this. Like this. She wasn't weird like us, though. But I she was really nice. I do love... A carved Swede. Mm. I did carve. They're really hard to carve. They're incredibly hard to carve. I once carved loads with um, my friend Rachel, who reminded me. <gasps> my the other friend day. was Rachel. My was club she? friend was oh Rachel. Well, this I is Ra- the mangle Rachel. Remind me because um, Raymond Briggs died this oh, week. Yeah. I love. I love so. I loved so much. Not a relation, although I'm now going to start claiming he yeah, was because he's dead, so he you can't really sue should. me. Um, so he's my dad, um, <laughs> and um, and my uncle. Well, let's, anyway, he's really massively related to he isn't. Um, and I put up a picture of Fungus the Bogeyman, which still remains my favourite book mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. I love a bogeyman, and my friend Rachel um, sent me a message which I'd forgotten, which is that I. Probably I forced her because I was horrible as a child. Um, but she recorded me <laughs> um, reading passages from Fungus of the Bogeyman when we were probably about seven. Aww. So sadly they don't... I mean, maybe I could recreate that for you at some point. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but there we go. But anyway, yes, I think I think sadly this is a case of science. Yeah. It's but a it's depressing, a good story. isn't it? It's a great story. I hate science figures It's out. nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed this. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.